Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Clone Wars Commentary. I'm your host, Cheyenne, and I am joined by Brody. Say hi, Brody. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. That's okay. Hi, everybody. It's me, Brody, again. Again. We love to see it. Um, Brody has kindly joined me on one of the coolest arcs that we will see in Clone Wars is the Water War arc uh, featuring the Mon Cala and the Corrin um, and a couple other people. Other, like, slightly important Jedi people, maybe. Um, Brody, how do you feel about this arc before we get into the first episode of it? Uh, after rewatching it today, it really reminded me why it was one of my favorites. And I think it's definitely, not only was it the beginning of season four where I feel like the show only gets <laughs> up and up and up, because season three had, like, you know, its downs and such, but um, season four, I think, really kicked it off great with um, this very beautiful arc, like the water, underwater aesthetics and feels, especially with like the lighting and such, mm-hmm. really grounded it in such a unique and uh, special episode that I love to watch, especially since you kind of get a feel of um, like the Mon Calamari, who we only see briefly in Return of the Jedi. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's true. I do also love the underwater effects of all of this one. And I like the, whenever I think about the scenery of this one, I literally wrote it in my notes, the like underwater Coruscant, basically. Like the the tunnels are really cool. So like the streets of Coruscant and then like the way that the buildings are like heightened and lowered and all of the basic, almost like the glass-like features of them. That was it's you know their uh, their buildings are ships, right? No, I didn't know that. No, their their buildings are ships. They take off out of the water, like um, you know, home one. <gasps> yeah. Return of the Jedi. Home, um, that's a Mon Calamari city like building. <laughs> that's that, like, amazing. Hold on, I'm. I don't know if that's still true, but let me look it up. Home Fair. One. Because that's so cool. I heard it somewhere from like official Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. But that just might be me just bringing that out brody propaganda um, <laughs> manufacturer mon calamari shipyard so it is a mon calamari ship but let's see so excited uh, a civilian deep space explorer later retrofitted for military service um history Ooh. it once served as a mobile command center after the empire discovered and destroyed the main alliance headquarters on hot wait um, I love that oh, one. It also served in the New Republic. How neat. But, um... That's cool. Hold on. Yeah. I have to think about my timelines. It takes me a minute. Long <laughs> Calamari Shipyards. Let's see. <clears throat> so I, don't oh, I can't fix that. I just remember hearing somewhere that Mon Calamari buildings are the ships, but I mean, might just be something I'm just bringing out there. A, it would be cool, but V, B, V, <laughs> B, v, visually, flowers. I know, <laughs> skipped a lot of letters there. Um, B, it visually makes sense because the when Anakin and obviously we'll get to that part, but like when Anakin knocks down one of the buildings, it is shaped like that. It's like ovally egg shaped or whatever. So, speaking of getting into it, um, season four, episode one, 
I don't remember. It's called the Water Wait. War, actually. <laughs> Wait, the what? Mon Calamari Exodus Fleet. I think I found it. Oh, a specific um, group of ships. Yes. Um. Oh, it was just ships that the Empire mistook for average buildings. Um, the Mon Calamari Exodus Fleet was a Mon Calamari fleet that escaped the subjugation of their homeworld Mon Cala by the Galactic Empire. City ships, mistaken by the Empire as average buildings, emerged from the sea and fled Mon Cala. Oh. They consisted of vessels such as the MC-75 Star Cruisers, led by the Profundity and Admiral Radis, who was the, uh, the darker... Yeah, like skinned, a bluer. Um, yeah, from Rogue One. Yeah. And the Profundity was the ship that the, the Tantive Four was uh, stored in. Okay, okay. That is cool. Yeah, we're, we're making all these connections. Yeah, yeah here, making progress. A picture of them. <gasps> oh, yeah. That definitely... I could see. I see the confusion. <laughs> yeah. See where it comes from. It says... Uh, is that on Wikipedia? Ships. Yes, the... Those ship, the buildings in Mon Calamari, all of them are ships. Okay, cool. Because it says their appearances are in the Clone Wars. Oh, nice. Wow. That's awesome. That's good to know. They didn't talk yeah, about it at all. You know, we, I totally didn't just spread a massive lie. <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> lies. Many voices, many ears on the internet. No, all good. Listen, oh people will always... I'm sure people listening will fact check us all the time. Um, Absolutely. Send out a tweet. Yeah. Brody made this up! <laughs> you are wrong! <laughs> and you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Um, totally just fine. be nice. <laughs> um, so no. the first episode of The Water Wars, Moral, Little Fortune Cookie, is says, When destiny calls, the chosen have no choice. Obviously, in reference to this episode, we talk a lot about, or we see a lot of Princely Char figuring his life out. <laughs> so, um, that and that extends all the way through. His character development extends all the way through the arc. Um, what other moments, I know this is an obvious question, but we're going to do it anyways. What other moments in Star Wars do you think of when you hear, when destiny calls, the chosen have no choice? Well, um, when we speak about chosen, I feel like it's a little bit obvious. It's a little, little obvious. It's fine. So, our good friend Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going. Just, just pull the one two skidoo on you. <laughs> no, um, talking about our buddy Anakin. You know, when he's first found on Tatooine. I usually say Tatooine. I don't know why I said it like that. It's okay. Apologies. I hear but it both ways. It's tomato, tomato. Yeah. So, um, he's, you know, plucked from the sands of Tatooine like a ripe potato <laughs> and brought into the Jedi Order. And, you know, he really didn't have much of a say in that, you know. I mean, he kind of did. He did with the prospect of he's going to save his mom. Yeah. And to which a didn't really <laughs> sorry it really didn't come to fruition but um yeah i would say i would say with in regards to him being the chosen one and also having no choice i think a lot about the fact that like when i talk to people about anakin because i do like desperately love him 
the fact that he, <laughs> no matter what would have happened to him, he would have turned to the dark side. Yeah. And it's just, like, a fact of the matter, you know? Like, and I am the person to theorize about, like, well, what if Anakin had never turned to the dark side? Look at him and his family. I love that concept. But for the sake of the story, somebody was going to have to turn. He was the really good option to do so, which is why he was considered, quote-unquote, the chosen I mean, one. if you kind of think about, like, the play-by-play, mm-hmm. if, you know, little Annie stayed on Tatooine with uh, his mom still under the ownership of Watto, mm-hmm. at some point, maybe if the streams are still crossing the same direction, get, you know, uh, picked up by uh, Krieg Lars, mm-hmm. um, becomes his uh, stepdad. And I wonder, would he still turn to the dark side because maybe Tusken Raiders take her and he still goes to the dark side because of that? Mm -hmm. Like, it makes you think, like, no matter what, the dark side was destined for for little Annie. Yeah. Little little ripe potato Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, I feel like his his journey with the Jedi just prolonged it. It just prolonged it and added to it. It taught him how to suppress himself and then it made it worse. And that's why it's, it's so unhealthy to keep it all in. Yeah, because I think if that had happened and he had turned to the dark side, he would have turned to the dark side with uncontrollable force abilities, you know, with no understanding of the force and having probably hurt or murdered a whole village. And he would have been like, well, where did that come from? And not know what to do. And then it would have been expedited exponentially. So now <laughs> this this was a conversation I was having with my friend talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the force and younglings and mm-hmm. stuff. So we see, like, in shows like The Clone Wars and Rebels, kids using the Force when they're young. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, like, how many, like, Force sensitives go under the radar? How are they not, you know, crazy explosive with the Force? Yeah. Or even, um, what's it like? I think there was a specific example that triggered it, but it was... I think it was talking about how, like, some species were too, like, dangerous to be trusted with, like, being trained as oh. a Jedi. I could see that. I could see, like, because that, like, with whole the new, narrative. Uh, the High Republic stuff that they got going, there's one mm-hmm. Jedi named Skier, who is a Trandoshan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, he's probably one of my favorite Jedi. I love Skier. That's awesome. Oh, but uh, he is... Um, he sometimes, like, lashes out a little bit because, you know, he, it's his inner uh, hunting lizard mm-hmm. that's, you know, raging inside of him. So I wonder if, you know, does the Force get really strong with a child and they get trained and honed on the Force? Mm-hmm. Or do they, like, are they Force-sensitive when they're kids and then they don't really have the chance to, like, expel it? Right, right, right. Do they just, like, oh, I forgot. You know, is it just, right. like, oh, you just forgot something. Because they always, too, talk about, too, like, like with uh, Ahsoka Grogu, like, her being like, if I don't train him, it'll go away. He'll he'll forget everything and exactly, just won't like, do anything, and it's like... Like, he'll never, you know, he'll never what? achieve his, like, true potential if he's mm-hmm. never trained. Yeah. It's like, there's no real metaphor to put it into, like, physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose it's like if you give a kid some building blocks, you show them how to build them. But if you, like, the kid has the building blocks, that's mm-hmm. for certain. But, like, someone's got to show them how to stack them on top of each other. And if nobody does, then he's just got a pile of blocks. He's like, it's going to walk oh, away. 
gonna move to the Lightning McQueen over here. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna really. I'm gonna go find something else to pursue do. Pursue these blocks that I don't know what to do with, and then the blocks get thrown away. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was a whole tangent. I just listen. Absolutely. This these, our podcasts end up getting a little tangenty. I like love it. I, I love it. The I Kessel crew see, like, is my favorite people to tangent with. <laughs> honestly, I really want to do like. Kessel cast. Kessel cast. Like a show. Just a talking one. Talk. Yeah. Like just it's the talking show. I love that. I love that. It's definitely an and option. I am the... pulling myself in so many different directions, but <laughs> when that no, is I know less just, so. I have nothing going on in my life. I just work full time and I'm not really doing much else, just trying to make money. I'm like, how can I make my life a little less sad? <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> Listen, but pulling yourself in as many directions as I'm currently doing is not the answer, so don't do that to yourself. I'm it's currently... True, but you just gotta find what you, what you love. Yeah, but I love doing everything that I'm love. doing, which is crazy. Like, I'm working full-time, I which I don't love that, but I'm working full-time. Um, no, I'm writing for Screen Rant, I'm doing podcasts, and I'm going to school for my master's. So, like... <laughs> but I love yeah. all of it, so... It's just hard, but that's why these episodes don't come out very often. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> to, to any of our podcast listeners, Cheyenne's got some awesome articles on stri- screen right Articles or just articles? Articles. So, more of mine came out, and there more are coming out fun. this week. And then I have a Attack on Titan article coming out this week. Well, probably not this week. Maybe next week. Um, my due dates and the, the published dates are different. Um and then I have a, so my Grey's Anatomy article that's coming out is Grey's Anatomy oh, characters ranked least to most likely to win the Hunger Games. That was really fun to write. <laughs> I feel like that's really, like, obscure, like, something that no one would ever really think about. Mm-hmm. But also just something that makes you want to click it. Yeah. And it's just like, hmm, who would? Yeah. Who's the who, Katniss who of, you know, Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, spoiler alert, it's Christina <laughs> Yang. Always. What? It's Christina Yang. 100%. I've never watched the show personally, so I have no mm. idea who that is. You could watch the first episode and know exactly what I mean by watching the first episode and seeing who she is and how she acts. <laughs> I remember uh, my, I think it was my aunt, had a Wii game of Grey's Anatomy. What? And it was, like, garbage. Like that Probably. I'm going to do a quick Google, see how much it is, oh and my we can do a Let's Play. I've never even heard of that. Grey's I didn't Anatomy know that Wii. that existed. Yep, there it is. Oh my Grey's god. Anatomy, um, the video game, the Nintendo Wii, uh, published by uh, Ubisoft. <gasps> Holy uh, poop. <laughs> more more uh, higher ratings than lesser ratings. How much is this? $50! <laughs> There's only one left in stock? These things are flying off the shelves. <laughs> So many people got, you know, $50 burned in their pockets. Oh, oh my god. Grey's Anatomy, the Wii game. What is happening? Are you a surgeon in it? I think so. Look, it's like, Those it's graphics. like, the, it's like the characters. <gasps> oh my god. Imagine there's like steamy romance. Steamy romance. Oh, and some lines. <laughs> Don't know what that is. But still, I remember mm. it was like for some reason, it was kind of like a boot like a poor man's uh telltale game where it just uh, kind of played a cutscene and it's like now put together these puzzle pieces to get the next cutscene mm. and it's like time for a surgery mini game 
Okay, they f- remember their amnesia because you, I don't know, blown away the fog on this photo. <laughs> time for another cutscene. And I just That's ridiculous. It. I was with my cousin. That sounds like, ri- crazy. This sucks. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds rough. Oh my god. Okay, Grey's Anatomy tangent is deleted. It's over. Um, so now, <laughs> back to episode to one. We were discussing, hmm, back to Star uh, Wars. Yeah. So, yeah. So the uh, first episode is really like establishing what's going on. There is a potential slash definitely going to happen civil war happening on Mon Cala, um, which is this oceanic. The king's dead. Huh? Because the king is dead. The king is dead. The king was murdered, right? Yeah. That's what they said. Floated down and had a whole knife in his spine. Oh, I missed that part. I was. (laughs) It was in the like. And the king was murdered. Now his son, Prince Lee Char, takes the throne. That's probably why I wasn't paying attention. I usually just listen to him in that part because I'll be like doing something and I'm like, okay, he's done talking, time to watch. But also in my rewatches. Oh, sad. Probably by that stupid shark man that we're going to talk about too. Yeah, the knife was uh, autographed by uh, a ripped Hampson. I have no idea. Who did the murder? Hmm, don't know who knife it, it whose like knife this is. Shark head on the bottom, like Mary Poppins <laughs> It was like shaped that way. Yeah. Um. So this is between <laughs> the two very descriptive, well, well described, aggressive Corin and peaceful Moncala. I would say categorizing them this them this way was unfair because obviously they have lived in peace for some time and every like government and species within Star Wars is going to argue about stuff but without the obviously separatists pulling some strings and saying some mean things and brainwashing some people it wouldn't have been a problem i guess the same and the same can the same definitely goes for the republic in some situations but not necessarily in this one they were just kind of there because Akbar was like, hey, this isn't going to go well. You should be here, which was a good call. <laughs> um, and also the planet is, um, you know, under the veil of the Republic. You know? Exactly. So it's it's a Republic planet and just these seppies being like, oh, yeah, you're seppies. here. Mm, okay, mm. I'm going to bring up my guys. Yeah. So are you really are in the Republic? <laughs> Do you really want to be? That's always their question. Um, but instead of sending, well, I, instead of sending somebody derpy like they normally do, like Grievous, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they send this shark man, uh, love to hate him. His name is Rift Hampson. Let's, let's pull up his little tab, tabby tab here. Obviously, as usual, you can just look this stuff up for yourselves if you would like. Rift Hampson is available what, on what do we Wikipedia. Do? Do we go to Databank or Wikipedia? I go to both. Um... Today, I'm using Wikipedia, um, but normally I'll pull up both uh, just to kind of see the differences, but today I'm just using one. Uh, Wikipedia says, Rift Hampson was a Carcharodon male from the planet Carcharis. Uh, car- I think... Car- I think... Car- uh, Lee Char pronounced it Carcadon. Carcadon. There we go. I was like, I'm reading every single syllable so that I say this correctly. Um, Tamson served as commander yeah, and warlord. Car-Cadon. Car 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 card. <laughs> I'm really I'm struggling here. Um, he served as commander and warlord for the separatists during the Clone Wars, 
placed in charge of operations on aquatic planets such as Moncala. So I want to know if he was in charge of other aquatic planets that we don't get to see because it's not a major species that we know of in Star Wars. This says, when Count Dooku tasked Samson to disrupt the fragile peace between the Moncala and the Corrin, he conspired with the chieftain, Nosarai, to bring the Corrin into the war on the side of the Confederacy and the Corrin Isolation League. That seems... That's interesting. I didn't know that that's what it was called. Um, and yes, he was. The person that murdered Yas Kalina. That's, I probably didn't say that right either. Um, the Yas Kalina. <laughs> Yas. Can I just say the, the Quarren Isolation League sounds like the worst baseball team <laughs> It just, like, doesn't sound fun. Why does that exist even before this issue happened? Yeah, like, like, I understand there's, like, the Justice League, but then it's, like, the, the Isolation League. The Isolation League. Sigh. <laughs> it's from yeah. where the, all the edgy corn go. I was about to say, honestly, it's a big corn vibe because I've never, I've never had a good feeling seeing any of them ever in my life. They don't make me feel nice. My, my one buddy, Aaron, he keeps saying that they have uh, butts on the back of their heads. Oh, my Ooh. God. I don't think I've ever noticed the back of their heads. Do they? Do they look like butts? Yeah. Oh. They look like Gross. butts. Um, <laughs> I want our my back of Warren's head. <laughs> Are you Googling? Yep. You know what? They shown it exactly. That oh, look, no. That does not look like a butt. That looks like straight up something else oh no that's live action that's disgusting okay i will kindly kindly viewers out there who is under the age of 18 don't go looking up the backs of quarren's heads you told them not to so now they will you're right oh god (laughs) we gotta we gotta blacklist the podcast yeah kindly do not get on the internet today how about that that's a good one uh, the Corrin Isolation League <clears throat> oh, was an organization with its own soldiers that believed Corrin should not be ruled by the Mon Cala monarchy. It was led by the chieftain Nosorai, again, who believed King Yas Colina's heir, Prince Lichar, was too young to inherit his throne. Hence the plot line of the arc. Um, it received the backing of the Separatist ambassador, which honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it did, because why would he... I feel like when it comes to the planets fighting each other over things, they don't think to call the separatists, you know, until something like, hey, we are a republic place, so the republic ambassadors are going to be here. So then they're like, oh, I'm going to call the separatists. Or because we know how, how, where the separatists are branching from and who is actually over them. They obviously stick their nose in everything and they're like, hey, this is a republic owned or republic based planet. Let's go there and mess with some stuff. Um, I think it's so funny that Anakin and Padme are there to oversee the peace. Um, not funny in like a ha-ha kind of way, but funny in like a... We we don't get to see them on missions together specifically very often. And the one time that we do get to see them do so... It's on a water planet where Gungans are going to be present. So it's like a, a replay of Attack of the Clones. And something else. Re- no. Yeah. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Brody, you okay? Uh, 
sorry, sorry. It's okay, you looked at me confused, and I was like, am I wrong? No, 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 you're, you're right. Okay. I think, I think the corn first appeared in Return of the Jedi. I think you're right. In, like, Jabba's, Jabba's jams. Yeah, they're gross. I don't like them. I don't like the way they talk. They sound like they have a bubble stuck in their throat. Oh, here I am. Ooh, like that. Uh, uh, That's gross. Oh my god, we invited a real Quarren to the podcast. <laughs> oh my god, Hello, welcome to our special guest. Uh, ask me any question, I'm very happy to answer it. Cheyenne, you- what's your question for the Quarren? I brought him all the way here. <laughs> Why do you feel like Prince Lee Char is not fit to rule? Uh, he's small. You know, I just realized listening to you say that, listening to you talk like that, that the reason I don't like that is because it sounds like what's his face from Futurama. What's his name? Oh, um, the lobster guy. God, I know his name. <laughs> uh, for some reason, uh, Quagmire keeps propping up. That's Family Guy. Um, That's funny though. Oh, oh no! Somebody in their car is yelling at us. Like it's Zoidberg, this. Zoidberg. 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 Oh my god. Uh, what was? There's like that iconic thing that he said. Just like, it's like the the guy asked him, like, "Are you sure that you know what like about human anatomy?" He's like, "Yes, I know everything about human anatomy. Yeah. Show me your tentacles." Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh. <laughs> yep. Hundred percent. That's why I don't like it because Zoidberg is weird. I was about to Google Futurama Lobster Man. <laughs> yeah, honestly, my search history with all the Star Wars stuff I search probably doesn't look really normal. Um, no, my else? search history does not look normal. Not for the reasons you'd assume, because it's just like sometimes I just look up like dogs and top hats. Just <laughs> there, there it is. I'm just like I, mean, I hey, need a reference image for how I feel. You gotta. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so I, I didn't take many notes on each of these episodes simply because like most of this is going to be talking about the arc as a whole and we try to keep the Clone Wars episodes short or come short episodes short. Good Lord. Can I speak? Um, so the things that I picked up from the first episode was that Tamsin, um, his motive was control of the planet. Um, it seemed to come from a self-righteous standpoint not just a separatist standpoint um but as you see him interact with dooku more in episodes two and three you do see that like he definitely is like ruled over it's not necessarily everything is his decision he's just very good at executing those choices um and then at this point also in the clone wars and in star wars storytelling akbar is a captain he's not yet an admiral um and it really solidifies my, like, love for him because a lot of people are like, oh, people only like him because he said it's a trap and people only really like that line recently. And it's like, first of all, that's fine. But second of all, have you seen the Clone Wars? He's awesome. Um, and he really, really helps Lee Char kind of, like, come into himself and, like, go through a lot of realizations. How do you feel about Captain Akbar, Brody? How do I feel? How do you feel? I feel pretty great about him. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give him a firm handshake. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, mm, yes, good handshake with your weird web fingers. Nice handshake. Oh, and also, I know that the podcast listeners can't do this, but when <laughs> looking up the Senator Mina Tills, 
She's mm. like the, the mm-hmm. elderly woman, um, Mon Calamari. Yes. She appears in live action. And, um... What? She looks like this. Oh, no! <laughs> if, if you guys... If you guys uh, bring up that image, bring up the image of uh, Mina Till, just be like... It's like a watch-along. We'll just tell you what to Google, and you just experience this exactly. with us. We're just, unless we can't edit photos over the YouTube version, can we? Because I know, like, Spotify listeners, they won't have the uh, the ability to see anything. Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, the, the logo. Yeah. I'm not... So, I don't usually visually record these, um, unless I'm prepared to do so. And tonight I was not prepared to do so as... Well, I mean, like, if my we outfit, could, like, in, but, the, in the cutting room floor, just yeah. add, like, it's like, bring it up here, and it pops up on the screen. Yeah, so just to do an image. That's definitely an like option. better version the version on YouTube, because we can make more money. <laughs> it's definitely an option. I just don't have that kind of time on my hands. But if you wanted to have your kind of time on your hands... To do stuff like that, you are literally more than welcome to do so. <laughs> I do I not mean, have YouTube editing time right now. I'd love to set up something, but we'll, All right. we'll, we'll, we'll discuss we'll it. We'll talk about it after. It. We'll talk about so, the logistics later. May or may or <laughs> may have or may not popped up here. If it didn't, uh, things didn't pull through when I was lazy. And if something did, congratulations. We're motivated. You've made Moving it. Moving on to And so have Star we, apparently. War. Moving on to Star Wars. So let's just... The last two things that I really just, like, like to point out stupid stuff that I enjoy um, from Clone Wars, because that's what we're here to enjoy. Um, the the fact that Padme's suit is vibrant maroon. Even even when she's underwater in a space suit, she is crushing it style-wise. It's like a Scooby-Doo when it's, like, no matter what outfit, like, Daphne has. Daphne's so crushing like that Vibrant, like, yes. neon purple. Mm-hmm. And, like, while and everyone orange. else is, mm-hmm. like... This like tactical gear. She's still wearing like the boots, and it's like, like Fred is like, Daphne, why are you still wearing the boots? And it's like I can't just not wear them. It, it makes the suit look good. Yeah. How am I ever gonna catch anybody without my knee highs? You know. Exactly. Um, and Padme's <laughs> like, how else am I supposed to be diplomatic without my maroon? My maroon. It's key. It's a key <laughs> element. And then, um, the shark roar. I don't know if that happens in the first episode or if it's in the second, but I think it's in both. And when Tamsin roars, <laughs> it's so weird and disorienting. And as somebody who studied aquarium animals, everybody needs to relax. Sharks don't roar like that, but whatever. It's fine. Um, excuse me. Have you ever seen Jaws for the Revenge? Sharks no, I haven't. <laughs> it's horrible. It's probably one of the worst like movies. I've seen to three. See. I didn't know four exists. I've seen to Jaws no, three. Jaws for the revenge. It's where the ghost of the undead shark goes for revenge on Captain Brody's family. Oh, serious. my God. I am 100% serious. And uh, <sighs> Michael Caine was mm-hmm. in it. You know Michael Caine? Yeah, love him. Um, What? Love him. Okay, I thought you said no because you were shaking your head. But um, no, I love him. No, we all love Michael Caine. Yeah, he was in it, and on like the red carpet review, he was like, like someone was like, "You've seen the movie? You like the movie, right?" And it's like, well, I like the hot tub that it bought me. 
<laughs> the movie was horrible. Oh my if god, I love him. If anybody wants to see a bad movie, don't even watch Jaws for the Revenge. Go for something that you'll actually enjoy. Enjoy watching as a bad movie. And you know, and that does make sense. Um, okay, let me pull up episode two. Episode two is called Gungan. No, is it? No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's called Gungan Attack. <laughs> Only through the, the fortune cookie for this one is only through fire is a strong sword forged, which obviously that applies to this episode, as do most of these. But yeah, but there's no fire underwater. There's so, no fire uh, underwater. Explain that. Explain that. Einstein. <laughs> so, George Lucas. If no fire underwater, how sword? <laughs> um, <laughs> the the main goal. Of this fortune cookie being that, like, uh, Princely Char obviously needs to, like, get his life together in a way that will bring his people hope. And they do bring up that a lot throughout these episodes. Episodes two and three specifically. They bring up the word hope, which I think is awesome because they love doing that every now and then. They throw the word hope into Clone Wars episodes and just bring it all, wrap it all up with a pretty package and tie a bow on it after Leia said, you're our only hope. Which they also say twice in this show. (laughs) <laughs> the moral of the story, Lee Char's gotta, like, go through some S to rule some S. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not allowed to swear. No. Uh, I'm on my third and final strike if um, I swear one more time. I'm kicked out He's of the out. group. So I'm really, I'm really, like, on my tippy toes here. Holding on tight. This, this group is very, very... Uh, serious about their work skating on thin ice brody yeah very brutal um they haven't paid me yet which um nobody gets paid. even though i just saw dan like toting a new like the whole new like infinity gauntlet in the background yeah i got a brand I'm new like, computer set up brody doesn't get anything yeah you've got a brand new computer set up while i'm like pit, pit, pinching pennies at chipotle <laughs> Running off of tips and be like, this could maybe afford half a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> dumpster. It goes dumpster diving to get it. <laughs> I have dumpster dough before. Honestly? But not, but not for food. I'm just going to preface, not for food. No. No. I I keep seeing TikToks about people going dumpster diving and finding great furniture. And I yeah. am very, very well, intrigued. <laughs> well, my, uh, my dad used to drive me, but I used to do it. We went to our local GameStop mm-hmm. when <gasps> it was closing. <gasps> oh, my and God. I found some loot. <laughs> I found they threw away all of their pre-used Skylanders. What? So oh I yoinked God. all of them. There were like Yoink. 20 of them. Um, there was... You know, like, on the wall, there's, like, a display for, like, Turtle Beach headsets, and it has, like, mm-hmm. a little video that plays, and mm-hmm. you put on the speaker, yeah, and, like, you yeah. put on the, ear, uh, the headphones, and it plays it. Mm-hmm. I got one of those. It still worked. I was able to still, like, play the video. Oh, my God. And That's crazy. It was so yeah. crazy. No um, no shame in dumpster diving. It's just... It's no! Just and I found some cool uh, PlayStation Vita games. Nice. Which I, I don't have a PlayStation Vita, so I gave it to my friend. But it's still there. and It still did great. Um, in episode two, I believe, is also where our little clone highlight comes in. He comes in in this one, yeah? Episode two? Mm-hmm. Not three? Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so we... Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> we don't always get, uh, like, 
long detailed backstories about the clones. Um, but this being the Clone Wars and this being Clone Wars commentary, I always like to shout out whenever I learn a new clone's name. So this week on Clone Wars commentary, we have learned that Clone Scuba Trooper Monk with two N's, M-O-N-N-K, served in the Clone Wars as a clone commander under the leadership of Jedi Kit Fisto, which is probably another reason we don't see him, because this is one of our only times that we get to see Kit Fisto in full action. I love him. That's a whole other tangent that I'm going on later. Anyways, during the Battle of Mon Cala, he served as Red Leader and commanded a co- company of Grand Army scuba troopers against the Separatist Aquadroids of Commander Rift Tampson. Boom. That's it. That's Commander Monk. <laughs> uh, um, for each episode, we go into like a little bit of a character dive, right? Yeah, yeah. So did did, did Monk count as a character dive because we just described like a fact? No, he doesn't count as character dive. Our character dive for this one is my favorite Jedi Master, Kit Fisto. I was just about to say Kit Fisto. I want <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Him. Yeah, bring it on. What you got? All right, so here's my completely original. Um, reading about Kit Fisto. Yes. Um, Kit Fisto was a Nautilin Jedi Master during the last years of the Galactic Republic. Fisto was known as an expert swordsman, having some of the finest dueling skills in the Jedi Order. A celebrated fighter, Fisto served the Republic as a general for the Grand Army of the Republic during the Clone Wars, a galaxy-wide conflict between the Republic and the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Fisto fought in various campaigns and over the course of the war was accepted as a member of the Jedi High Council. Uh, Jedi took part. Wait, Fisto took part in many battles during the early stages of the war, first serving in the opening conflict of the war on Geonosis, and shortly thereafter in a covert operation on the planet Hisrich. Hisrich? Never heard of it. Don't know. Oh, it was from a book. Jedi of the Republic, Mace Windu. Oh. Um, <laughs> we all know how I feel about him. Well, there we go. There's our little fact of uh, Hisrich, my new favorite planet. Um, <laughs> following the escape of Separatist leader Newt Gunray from Republic custody, Fisto and his former Padawan Ooh. Nadar Veb were down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so oh, sad. Going all the way back to Mon Calamari. Yeah. Nadar Veb TBT. was a Mon Calamari. Rest in peace. Yes. And he got shot multiple times, <laughs> multiple times in the abdomen. Oh, I shouldn't have laughed at that, but yeah. No, you should have. It was funny. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> their mission went awry. However, as they ended up facing the notorious Jedi hunter and separatist General Grievous in his lair, while Great episode. Dad perished at the hands of General. Um, Fisto <laughs> very nearly bested him in combat and escaped with his life. But without Gunray ultimately making the decision or making the mission a failure. Mm. During a schism between the Mon Calamari and the Quarren peoples of Moncala, Fisto was sent to aid the Mon Calamari against the Separatist back Quarren. Because he's the a battle water proved boy. To be difficult as the Separatists eventually overpower the Republic forces. With the Separatist victory looming, Fisto and several others escaped into hiding, though he was eventually captured and tortured. The Mon Calamari and Quarren later rekindled their alliance. Yeah. Um, later rekindled their alliance and repelled the Separatists, aided by the freed Fisto. Following the Mon Cala campaign, Fisto took a more active role in the High Council. As the end of the war drew near, Anakin Skywalker revealed to Mace Windu that Chancellor Palpatine was a Sith Lord. 
<clears throat> You're really <clears throat> getting into <throat> it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm reading the whole... You don't have to read the whole thing. Window took Fisto and fellow masters Agent Kolar and Cece Tin to Palpatine's office to arrest him. The Dark Lord easily killed Kolar, Tin, and Fisto nearly instantly, with Windu joining them soon after. That that was the whole. That's all of Kit Fisto's summary. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's sad. He fought in three notable battles and died. And died. R.I.P. Um, fun fact: He is from Gleon Song, which we've yeah. only ever heard of in. A couple of, I think a couple of things as far as like side mention, but most notably in Solo because Beckett like makes it a point to say Gleon Som. And it's an ocean planet located in the Jalor system in the mid rim. Yeah, um, Tobias Beckett is from Gleon Som. That's his home world. He was born on I it. didn't know that. Because it's, you know, it's got like a lot of people there too. I didn't know that. But the, the Nautilans are. I think the native species. Yeah, it says native p- species on Salmi and Nautilin, and then immigrated species is human. Well, it's really go. pretty. If you look it up on Wikipedia, there's a picture of it, and it's pretty. Um, <laughs> Rushes to phone. Um, so in episode two, um, one of my favorite moments from this whole episode, there's two really, but one of them is when they finally realize after they've talked after they've like dropped the hydroid medusa um on them which is basically a giant mechanized jellyfish cyborg thing um it's pretty cool but it's also like nearly indestructible until kit fisto finds a solution and blows it up um but say jellyfish are probably one of the only creatures that actually like skeeve me out oh my god i'm just like they're terrifying You love them? They're, I love them, but they're terrifying. They're gorgeous. I, know, like, I get that they're very graceful, but just something about them just being this, like, this little thing the size of an egg, and then these tendrils that are, like, ten feet in length that mm-hmm. are just going down. That and will like, just wrap around you unintentionally. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the concept of a jellyfish is terrifying. Like, the... the, the I've watched a video of it because I always wondered, like... Because I've never... I've never been in the water with tentacled jellyfish um, that I know of <laughs> because I've never been stung by one of those. Knock on wood. I, um, I, my sister once got stung by a man of war. Oh my god! Yeah, it sucked. It was that only like a horrible. tiny little grazing, but like the lifeguards had to come yeah. in. And it was crazy. Oh god, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I'd never wish that on anybody. Um, but I've only ever like messed with like box jellyfish because I've happened to be in the water with them, and my mom was like, "Don't touch it," even though they're harmless. Moon but like for me, little little guys, mm, they're so, so cute. cute. Yeah, so they're like they're cute, babies. but like no, I don't want to be near it. It scares me. It's terrifying. Um, and just like oh god, yeah, okay, we can't talk about that anymore. <laughs> I get they what don't you have mean. Brains, um, just nervous systems. That's it. <laughs> they're just Why? in in or- organs. <laughs> How does, like, Somehow. nature produce a creature that just is a nervous system going through? How? Just floating. Just vibing. <laughs> they straight up vibe. Yeah, literally. They're just and vibing. sea turtles eat them. And yeah. everyone loves sea turtles. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so one of my favorite moments, possibly my top favorite moment from this episode and this arc is when Yoda, and this is only like adult brain me because I never would have noticed this before. Um, Yoda brings up, he's meeting with the masters and he's like, oh, well, we need to send reinforcements and it'll take, they're talking about like, it'll take days for the clone troopers to get suited up um, with the proper armor to do this. And they're like, days we don't have, Obi-Wan said that. And then... Yoda's like, hmm, why don't we look around? He's like teaching like a kindergarten class. He's like, why don't we look at our resources? Who else is aquatic that we know and is nearby? And they have to pull up the whole planetary map. And it has to be directly in front of Obi-Wan's face before they're like, oh. (laughs) Literally, he did like the thing where it's like, truly wonderful. The mind of a child is everything. <laughs> Here it is. It's right in front of you. Obi-Wan, you did this a couple months ago. <laughs> Remember when we were doing the Citadel arc? Yes. We, were, we just brought up out of the blue uh, Jedi Master Seisei Tin. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, oh, he was present during the Battle of Moncala? Mm-hmm. He said one thing. And that was able to get him a credit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I can't. It's so funny because I just I love these little moments and it's just like I get whenever I think from a writing standpoint, it's like, yes, like make Yoda obviously knows what's going on. But instead of saying we must call the Gungans, this is time sensitive. Our friends are in danger. I'm telling you, call the Gungans right now. They like Yoda did it for himself. Like he's just holding. He's like, crap, who's our like who's our um. Like friends that are uh, aquatic. Can't think of their name. It's on the tip uh, of my tongue. Okay, I'll just make them to bring up the map. Yeah, I'll just make them answer it for me. Which you know, to be fair, fully admitting, I've done that before. Absolutely. When We're, I teach children, and children someone, definitely know the answer, and I'm like, I can't remember this word. <laughs> or even like my girlfriend and I are going to a place we went to, like where we go to a lot, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, honey, can you? Bring up the Google Maps. And it's like, I thought you knew where it went. It's like, I forgot, okay? Yeah, I, I straight up. I my brain for Minecraft recipes. <laughs> I straight up Google Map everything. Make <laughs> um, okay. And my other favorite moment from this one is when Ahsoka and Lee Char kind of have their little moment uh, where she basically says, like, you don't need a sword to be powerful. Um, which leads to the events of episode three. Um, which mostly consists of Lee Char, like, making sure that he instills hope in his people. So, Brody, do you have thoughts on episode two and three? Um. Or things you remember? I just want to say, it really introduces, uh, the brutality of Riff Tamsin. Mm-hmm. Well, the first one also yeah, introduces the brutality of Riff Tamsin, because he literally just bites, like, people's necks probably just wrenches their throat and yeah. just moves on to the other one like lightning quick so fast yeah it's ridiculous so fast it's like oh my god i am speed anyways <laughs> i am kerchu kerchigo um kerchigo that he said that every time he killed somebody it's like kerchigo and it's like oh no oh buddy Honey, no. Listen, of all the characters to do that, he 100% would be the one to do that. Absolutely. Because he sucks. I hate Everybody him. Everybody look at me. Get <laughs> me. 
Yeah, honestly, Riff Tamsin, one of the best worst characters ever, I would have to say. Like, I love to hate him. He was a great addition to the storyline. Great addition to Clone Wars. I dug that storyline, but he also sucks, you know? Which he's supposed to. That's fine. He's a big beaner. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I miss anything from episode three? Wait, is that slang? Is that like a... Is that like a bad thing to say, beaner? Uh, uh, yes, yes, for sure. But I don't know how you intended it. Um, I intended it as uh, he's a stupid little bean man that I could flick with my toe. I get you. I get you. It's okay. It's okay. I I guess I, I, I kind of like mix it with like neener, mm-hmm, like neener, mm-hmm. neener, neener. Yeah, but, I would definitely advise finding an alternative. Yeah, but also beans are just funny in general. Yeah. I love me some good Or maybe, beans. yeah, like rewording it. Don't end in an ER. Like Beanie. That's a hat. <laughs> like the like the TikTok audio, Beanin. That one. Beanin. Where he's like the I don't TikTok very I'll much. send you I'll send you one. The people the people know like what I'm talking about. Followers and I'm just like, bro. <laughs> so do you have I don't really remember a lot from episode three. I've I really rushed through that one for my rewatch. But I remember that Lee Char was like, I am here and I'll be back. Please don't lose hope. And then they win <laughs> because they always win. Um, it's a struggle. So, but they win. <laughs> so with this one, you know, Annie, Fisto, Jar Jar, and Panda Bear are all captured. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I'm sorry. I'm serious. And, I'm sorry. Um, both Anakin and Kid Fisto are both brutally tortured with eels. Ah, uh, yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's Shank Dub, you know? They that go sucks. through a lot of heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite interactions with that was, like, Kid Fisto was like this, like, just meditating. Mm-hmm. And Anakin was like, you know, I think I'm starting to get the hang of this. And then while he was saying that, he got, like, electrocuted. And Kid Fisto was like, like, more meditating, less talking. <laughs> I love Kit Fisto so much, and his goofy smile, I think, in the second episode. No, that is a charming smile. It is charming. It's so charming. I love him. My heart belongs to Kit Fisto. I want to buy a locket, like one of those little heart (laughs) lockets that when you click open, one picture is me, and the other is Kit Fisto. My girlfriend would get really, really, really mad. That's so funny. You got to get her one, too. And just be like, your heart also belongs to Kit Fisto. Yeah, you, it's like, here you go, honey. Your heart also belongs to Kid Fisto now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I give a- her, like, a tap on the shoulder and leave. Like, I get back in my car. You just, like, put oh, it on her ride. and be like, okay, bye. <laughs> Turn around and leave. Oh, my God. Okay. So much chaos. So much fun. Um, this arc, very... I feel like this goes for a lot of things in Clone Wars, but very, like self-establishing of like here are the things that the republic and the separatists really affect during the clone wars because that's the point of the show and you get to see anakin and ahsoka do some cool stuff and also here's a jedi master that you never got to see do some cool stuff do some cool stuff with your favorite main characters and i love that and that's why we're here and that's why i do this show (laughs) because overall it's a great show great uh, show around the end when it really got to the to the final countdown with um, Riff and mm-hmm. Lee Char. Mm. When Riff brings out these little 
bombs with uh, the little blades that stick out of them mm-hmm. and stabs them into like four different like aliens at once. Yeah. They all explode in a massive cloud of blood. Like, oh my god, how does this show get away with it? Yeah. And they really do. When, and then, you know, Lee Char sneaks up from behind, takes one of them from him, and does this awesome, like, ching, looking awesome as hell. Like, oh, he looks so cool. And then throws it at him, and then shoots it, call back to Jaws. Mm, um, true. Shoots it, and we literally see chunks of Rift Hamson just cascading down, and his severed head with part of his jaw missing, <laughs> falling downward on the screen. How, like, brutal is that? Yeah. This show was, like, YT-10, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, oh, my God. They really do. I don't... Why is, ge- is our generation so desensitized <laughs> to this stuff? Because our kid shows had characters dying in massive explosions, explosions. of blood. Explosions, 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 explosions. Absolutely. Oh, and my speaking God. Speaking of the, of the one who slain the big bad shark... <laughs> Our, Sl- our shark one slayer. and only favorite, uh, no longer prince, I'm eat a fry. but king, king of Moncala, King Leechar. Now, I love this boy. I love him. Love this boy? I love this boy. Nice. I love He's him. a sweet boy. I will, give him, I will give him a smooch on the forehead. Sweet, tough boy. Like 30 bucks. <laughs> so, um... So here is um the little synopsis about him okay uh lee char was a male mon calamari who served as the leader of mon Cala during the clone wars he was set to take the throne from his father king yos kalina but his father's assassination led to a civil war on the planet in the final battle of the war he personally killed riff tansen the separatist ambassador responsible for his father's assassination Ooh. At the end of the war, Lee Char was crowned the 83rd king of Moncala by the Quaran chieftain Nosri. Or Nosri. Nosri. 83rd king. Yeah. That's, that's a very odd detail that they would include. Mm-hmm. Specifically the 83rd. Interesting that they know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, and they were like, hmm. Some, like stupid fan was probably like, hey George Lucas, <laughs> what, what kind of, like, which generation of king was the char? And he's like, um, uh, I definitely put a lot of hope in the fact that, like, George and other Star Wars creators really just, like, throw out a number, and then they just roll yeah, with like, it. I love that idea. How, how many days was it between, like, this time and this time? 25. And now it's official, <laughs> and they have to work around that around that hurdle that George Lucas like, George, we can't just throw, like, 28 days 28. of, like, Star Wars in Too between bad. this time. We have to work with this. But, um, his, he does have a unfortunate fate mm. um, in the Star Wars comics. Mm, like, it's okay. just called Star Wars. And it yes. follows kind of the events of Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie. Yeah. Uh, after the events of A New Hope. So he would and, be old uh, by then. Kinda. He's Ish, like oldish. He's oldish because he was young in the Clone Wars, so he's probably about like maybe in his forties, thirties. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to that point, can't say. But um, 
he protected Moncala after two or after a Jedi was hiding out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Darth Vader and three Inquisitors invaded Moncala to find these Jedi. Mm-hmm. And um, through sucks. this, um, the Char was um, captured by the Empire. And he was hooked up pretty much to a, uh, kind of what Palpatine is kind of like hooked up to, like just a bunch of tubes and stuff to keep him alive. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. Did you read this comic? Oh my god. Yeah, I did, I did. Okay, I was about to say, because um, I noticed you weren't reading for part of that, and I was like, oh my god, he knows all of this info. I don't no, have I, any of that in my head. It's sad. Yeah. Did um, he, so he was hooked up to that and was still king? Um, kinda, because after that, like, the Moncala people, I think, just kind of, like, retreated and or mm. became slaves to the Empire, either one of those. Oh, yeah, because at that point it would have been Empire yeah, time. Um, Vader mm-hmm. then slew the Jedi and took Lee Char away, and he was imprisoned in, um, on a planet called Strokil Prime. Ugh. And his final words, what were... Um, Admiral Akbar's inspiration to return to the fight. Mm. Because, you know, after the Clone War ended and the Empire began, he was like, no more fighting for me. But after he heard the last words of his <clears> king, <throat> he went back to serve uh, against tyranny in the galaxy. And his um, his last words are actually very poetic. If it, it's, it's not super long. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. To, to give some closure yeah. to, our, to our friends. I am Lee Char of Moncala, and I am dying. But we are all dying. The question becomes, how do we wish to live with the time we have? What kind of life do we wish to leave for those who follow us? I have been an absent king, and I am ashamed. I wish I could have been with you through this imperial hell. I was with you in my heart. I have never forgotten you. The fleet is Moncala's pride. Moncala knows the Empire's evil. Their atrocities are burned on our flesh. We know what wrongs they have done, but we can only guess at the horrors they will do next. If we are with them when they do so, all our pride will curdle to shame. It cannot be so. Goodbye, my people. Oh my god! And those words are what inspired Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Yeah, that could inspire anybody. Holy After poop. After his death, Leia attempted to broadcast Lee's Char's message to Moncala, but the uh, regent intervened and took it away. She decided to do it herself and prompted a mass mutiny of the Moncala mercantile fleet. Wow. While Moncala's star cruisers made it into the hands of the rebellion, and were converted for war at the Makota Space Docks. That's amazing. Wow, okay. There we go. Like, uh, quite the heavy note to end it on. No, but still, what a good note to, like, fully wrap up Lee Char's cycle. Absolutely, like, and seeing him in the comics, too, because in the Darth Vader Lord of the Sith comics, which Mm -hmm. are, like, prequel comics, like, Mm -hmm. I think... Literally just after Revenge of the Sith, Darth mm-hmm. Vader's training the Inquisitorious and, um, mm, sorry, hunting out, hunting down 
remaining Jedi, we see mm-hmm. Lee Char get captured, and then we hear, like, nothing of it. Mm-hmm. And then Star Wars novel comes out, and there's Lee Char. And wow. It's, like, oh, it's interesting, mm-hmm. too, because, like, sometimes when I see, like, characters in Clone Wars, most of the time, when I see characters in Clone Wars, I don't think of them in any other medium. Because I don't read the comics, and I'm I'm starting to, but there's a lot. So like right now, I'm starting the Obi Wan so and Anakin. Many comics, honestly, yeah. So I was I'm at like a Barnes and Noble the other day, and I was like, "Why oh, are you looking at the graphic novels?" Oh and God. it was like chaos. <sighs> yeah, like I'm currently like it doing took up an entire aisle. And I was like, yeah, I'm currently doing Marvel, and I'm focusing more on the Marvel and DC comics. Marvel mostly um, because of WandaVision and. Like, I'm also transitioning into Star Wars comics. Like, I read Darth Vader. I read Darth Maul. But, like, my next one is Obi-Wan and Anakin. So I'm trying to, like, focus on, like, the little sets of them. Not, like, all of Star Wars. The ones that are entitled Star Wars. That's going to be a whole adventure for when I'm older. (laughs) There was one TikTok that I saw of this one girl who was like, I'm going to write down every piece of canon Star Wars material. I'm going to write it all down, Psycho. so by the end of the year, I will learn every single, you know, like, canon detail about Star Wars, because she loves reading, mm-hmm. and it was like, watch Clone Wars, watch Rebels, watch Resistance, read this comic strip, it's this comic strip, watch this, do this, do this, um, look at these comics, read these certain selection of books in this order, and it's like, holy That's awesome. crumbs. Like, yeah. I definitely want to do that. To find that list. And I've thought about yeah. that, like doing it that way for a long time. That's what I started to do in college. And then when I realized how many comics I was going to have to include and how many books I was going to have to include, I was like, I'll just do this on my own time. I already know Honestly, the movies like the back of my hand. I know the TV shows relatively well. I've read a lot of I'm the books. About with but Legends because when I really started getting into Star Wars, I was like, oh, there's like 30 years of literature. My God. Yeah. And they Minimum. just keep making more. <laughs> yeah. But now with this new era of Star Wars, this new canon Star Wars, mm-hmm. we're able to start fresh and just separate like, it out, absorb all of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like now it gets way more, I guess, like respect. Mm-hmm. You know, things aren't just kind of thrown in there, and they really take the time to piece together this universe that we're really, you know, loving. Yeah. I love that. Um, no, I Absolutely. think that was a great conclusion to the episode. I think and to and to this arc. Um, so you are able to tell the people where they can find you now. Yes, uh, you could find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram at tk five zero zero one five. There's uh, no hyphens or nothing. That's just the way it is. The way it be. Way it do. Nice. Uh, you can find me personally at C Jerica on Instagram, C Jerica95 on Twitter. Um, you can go to my blog, thekybercrystal.wordpress.com. Crystal does have two L's in it. And for the main channel, Kessel Run Weekly, you can follow us at Kessel Run Weekly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can join our Facebook group called The Kessel Crew. Um, so please go check that out. We would like for that to be more active. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode on the Water War arc at the beginning of Season 4 for Clone Wars Commentary. Brody, thank you so much for being here. Of course, I always love being here. I love... Our wacky tangents. Yeah, we do have wacky tangents. We got lots of fun things coming y'all's way. It's just going to be a little bit more time in between things. So thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Brody, for being here. And may the force be with you.